0: 7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somusiya.
1: Good evening and welcome to our sports show. I am Tabi As usual, Luyolom Kalipi is the producer and Babalom Duma is in technical with us this evening. We have a guest tonight as we review the start of the new APSA Premiership season where some teams have played four games and others three. we We're going to be It's uh, Gavin Hunt's Bidvers Vets and Steve Compellers, Blue Fountain, Celtic, who are the early pace setters here. And Gavin Hunt, whose charges had a disastrous spell last season, will uh, be our guest on the line to talk about their start two, the new season and what went wrong the last time out when they meekly surrendered a title that they had fought almost 100 years to win. So looking forward to that. It's always an interesting chat uh, chatting to the Bidvers Vets coach uh, Gavin Hand always has a lot to say. They are joint leaders of as I mentioned with uh, Bloomfontein Celtic Vets have won three of their four games. They suffered defeat on Saturday night at the hands of Supersport United while Steve Compeller's Bloomfontein Celtic are flying Three wins out of three, uh, which is a maximum of nine points, and they have not considered a goal this season, Steve Compella. A lot of people are uh, saying that uh, the Celtic players probably understand his English better than the players at Kaiser Chiefs who came out to say that they didn't really understand his methods or... Was well, Steve Compella, not the problem. After all, Chiefs fans, I don't know, but it's still early days, obviously. Only three matches played are still a long uh, season ahead of us. But we'll speak to uh, Gavin Hunt, just about the four games that they've played so far and what his expectations are for the season ahead. But before all of that, we are going to talk about a dramatic 10-kilometer race that took place in Peter Marysburg yesterday, the Spa Women's 10K, where five runners of the leading group took the wrong 10, and they were later disqualified. And this has serious implications on the rankings going into the last race in October. The race was won by NetBank Sports' Yvette Van Sael, who admitted after the race that it was not ideal to win that way and we will just find out from the organisers uh, what went wrong here and how can this be avoided in the uh, future. And uh, we're going to go there shortly. We're going to be speaking to Mr. Brad Glasspool.
2: Leading Sport Stories of the
0: Day on SAFM.
1: Leading the conversation as always, you can tweet us at SAFM Radio hashtag SAFM Spot On, uh, Spot of course with with, with an R, and uh, you can call us on 0891-104207. Our SMS line is four zero nine three eight. Our WhatsApp number is zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. And we are joined on the line now by Mr. Brad Glasspool, a race director and race organizer of this particular race. Uh, Mr. Glasspool, good evening, and thank you very much for joining us on.
3: Absolute pleasure. Great to be on the station.
1: We had some of your clips after the race. Not an ideal situation, this one, is it?
3: Absolutely. Um, No event organizer wants to be in a position where your top athletes, or any athlete for that matter, is not able to complete the full course. Um, We all look forward to having a, a clean race.
1: Now, take us through what caused the confusion, Mr. Glasspool. They were all good until about 5 k's or so when they were approaching the mayor's garden. There were lead cars and a lead bicycle. What happened next?
3: From what we can ascertain, I obviously wasn't on scene at the time and didn't see it happen. But from the reports, there was a leading group of women following a lead bicycle. And as they come into Alexandra Park, there is a point where the, the vehicles have to peel off. Um, And the bicycle leads them through the mayor's garden, which is a very narrow section um, and not ideal to try and get a lot of vehicles through. And from what we can pick up, um, five of the athletes decided to turn and follow the vehicles um, while the at that stage lead runner continued following the lead bicycle.
1: And you've stated that the athletes need to know the route, but does this kind of info get communicated to them before the race that they must follow the bicycle or the cars? How does it work?
3: It's, uh right from the beginning, um, the route on events. Certainly in our case, we publish on the website. Um, we put it out so the people can check it out on Google Earth. And um, where necessary, describe the route to the athletes um in some cases we we put up fencing to ensure that they go on the right route we put marshals up um at the key points and in this case there was a glitch mm-hmm. um why or what or how we cannot explain why the athletes peeled off to the right and didn't follow the um lead bicycle and i think the the key for people highlighting the thing my comment about um, athletes knowing the route. I think it's it's a comment that sometimes gets taken out of context. It is clear that I think that any athlete that is out on a course needs to familiarize themselves with it, but it doesn't change the onus of the event from ensuring that the course is correctly marked and is marshaled at all the key points.
1: Well, questions have also been asked about the marshals. Uh, were they in place? Did they not communicate with the athletes?
3: Absolutely. All the marshals were in place and even the reports coming through from the um, team managers were that numerous people were shouting at the athletes and indicating that they were taking the wrong route. And despite all of that, they continued on that route. The lead bicycle himself, who'd been leading them through for 4.2 kilometers of the race, um, indicating which direction they were to turn, um, had a whistle with him. Um, and whistled frantically for them to catch up.
1: Mm. And then there was later an appeal by the clubs. Then what what exactly was their appeal? Were they pleading ignorance if if you're saying all these systems were in place?
3: So the the procedure at any event um, under the auspices of um, one of the registered associations, so in this case, KwaZulu-Natal Athletics, their rules apply on the event, and they're administered by referees appointed by the provincial federation. Um, though the chief referee uh, disqualified those five athletes on the basis that they hadn't completed the full 10 kilometres. Um, the teams appealed that decision, which was taken through the next phase of the procedure, is to an independent jury of appeal that is run by... KwaZulu-Natal Athletics officials and independent parties. And that group of people, that jury, upheld the decision of the chief referee.
1: And on, on, on what grounds did they did they uphold the decision?
3: On the basis that the athletes hadn't completed the full 10 kilometers.
1: And what and what was the, the, the story from the clubs when they were appealing? What, what reasons were they putting forward in their appeal?
3: There were numerous reasons, but that was something which was attended by the clubs and the jury of appeal. There are times where those procedures happen without our involvement in it. Mm.
1: And could this have been prevented in any way? It's always easier to talk in hindsight, but could anything have been done differently here, Mr. Brad Glasspool?
3: Um, I've been discussing this extensively with my team and with officials at KwaZulu-Natal Athletics. And absolutely, hindsight is a perfect science. And we discussed numerous measures that we could put into place. It is a 10-kilometer route with a lot of turns. um, And we could beef certain things up um, to ensure that people don't make mistakes, um, to ensure that the, the route is fair, ensure that it is... Possibly better marks. I'm not entirely sure how we're we going to do that in many of these cases. Um, but to look at all of those things, we certainly don't ever want it to happen, and we don't want to have athletes put in that position.
1: Mm. And 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 finally, I mean, has, has, has the decision been accepted by the, all the athletes and all the clubs? Now, is everybody going to move on and focus on the last leg?
3: I, from from my understanding at the moment, everything is in the hands of the federation. So we will wait for their, their updates on it. Um, and at the last discussions with the jury of appeal, the, the situation is very simple, is that those are the race results for this event. Um, so the Spa Maritzburg women's race results are as they stand. Um, whatever process has happened from now is under the control of the, the KwaZulu-Natal Athletics Federation.
1: Well Yvette van Zelle went the right way and what did she have to say because she, she won the race and she clearly took the right direction, the right route.
3: I think it was fairly clear in, in her comments that she had made was that she had familiarised herself with the route. Um, an SMS had been sent out for something that we had done quite uniquely on this event and we had got a, rid of water sachets um, huge environmental impact and Spa is very concerned about the environment and so we came up with a solution with the help of Aquele and each person was given bottled water um, on the route and we needed to update the athletes so we sent out an SMS the day before which which made clear where that refreshment station would be I don't know whether some of the athletes didn't interpret it correctly or whether they didn't see the roots or whether they just made a mistake on the day or what happened. Um, But certainly one of the things is that we have worked out that we can save on the environment and that, that was the tester for me that was probably really concerning on the day to see that that worked
1: for the athletes. Okay, well, a very unfortunate situation here, uh, Mr. Bread, a glass of pool. And, I mean, these races have been well organized. Um, all the other legs, uh, I mean, there have been no incident, and it's just unfortunate that it had to happen here. But thank you very much for joining us on S F M. just to clarify from your side what happened, sir.
3: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. That is Mr. Agra- Brad Glasspool Spa Grand Prix Spec Race Director. Um, I don't know. You can tweet us here whatever comments you have. I know people have been asking about the marshals and he explained that, Mr. Glasspool, but our um, hashtag is S F M spot on. Our number is 0891 SMS line 40938. We are hoping to speak to one of the affected athletes up next, but we'll also speak to Wesley Bortin, a journalist who covered the race on Sunday.
0: Hashtag SAFM Sport On.
1: Okay, let's continue talking about this um this this race that happened in Peter Marisbeck, and we have on the line senior sports writer at the Citizen Wesley Borton who was live tweeting uh, this race. Wes a very good evening, a bizarre race here. Initially, judging by your tweet your tweets, you thought Yvette had broken down or pulled up with something when she went the other way. Yes,
0: that that's what we thought. Because because the other four athletes had followed the media vehicle um, we thought the chair dropped out of the race. It was very confusing for a few moments. We went through uh, the five-kilometer splits or what we thought was the five-kilometer splits and realized very quickly that there was an error. And the organizers did too. I think they must um, perhaps take a bit of credit for trying to solve the problem as quickly as they could, but it was something that happened so fast, I don't think... As hard as they tried, I don't think they could have solved it once it happened.
1: Mm. It is a high-profile race, and some are blaming the marshals and the organisers. Are saying the athletes should have known the route. I mean, who whose responsibility is this?
0: I, I think everybody. I, I think it's just one of those situations where so many people could have done things differently. Um, you know, if we're going to point fingers, then we can. But I think we've got to point to that multiple individuals, including you know the race organisers, um, the marshals. The club managers, who probably could have informed the athletes in advance. The athletes as professionals, who probably should know the routes in advance. Um, so, yeah, you know, a situation like this, I think you have to have sort of five things going wrong at the same time. So it doesn't happen often, um, and it can be avoided, but it's very rare for, for something like this to happen in a race. And it's less, I think, less an act of negligence as it was just kind of an unfortunate calamity at the end of the day.
1: And what could the organisers have done differently here, um, Wes?
0: Well, I think one thing they could have done is ensured that the marshals on that corner um, made more effort to ensure that the athletes were going in the right direction. They could have made more noise. Um, Often, you know, that that sort of thing happens in a race. Often you have a split. For example, you'll have five-kilometre athletes running with 10-kilometre athletes, and you have to split them at some point. Um, And you'll have somebody on a megaphone kind of shouting, 5km athletes go left, 10 k. go right. They could have had someone uh, at that point ensuring that certainly the first few athletes know which direction they're going, um, and then everybody else just kind of follows them. So, yeah, they probably could have done that. Um, and as I say, the athletes and the club managers probably could have could have done things differently as well.
1: And how was the reaction after the race? Because you were there. I know the clubs appealed. Was Were they upset?
0: Yeah, I think... I think they were um you know obviously they didn't agree with the decision, otherwise they wouldn't have appealed it. Uh, I think the referees at the end of the day made the only decision that they could uh, the athlete who were disqualified ran about six hundred meters short, so there's nothing you can do about that you can't you can't fit them into the results somehow, you can't try and work out what kind of times they would have run. It's just impossible um so yeah, I think. I think everybody involved was upset. I mean, even, even Yvette Fonsejo, I mm. think, was upset because she didn't have an opportunity to have a proper race and prove that she's back in good form and, um, and win with the best athletes in the field. So, uh, yeah, the athletes who were disqualified are obviously upset. The clubs don't want their athletes disqualified, so they're upset. But, um, you know, immediately after the race, there was kind of a lot of hullabaloo and, and people, I mean, some of the athletes were in tears. Uh, but, a couple of hours later or a few hours later once they had gone through the appeals process and once decisions had been made i think emotions kind of calmed down a bit and everybody or most people perhaps just tried to brush it off and um move on There's, there's not much else you can do
1: well it's a big swing and it's a big money swing as far as the rankings are concerned where where does it leave everybody now on the points table now with five athletes and not picking up any points this past weekend
0: Yeah, so we're waiting for them to release the the latest points table. That happens normally a few days after each race. Um, But there will be big changes. Nobody, I think, at this point is going to be able to catch um, Genro Zaba or Kesa Molotsane, who are the top two athletes in the standings. But because And and, and they had a a very big gap before this race. It it was almost inconceivable that anybody was going to catch them. But neither of them got any points at this event, which makes a huge difference. And... I think a few of the other athletes will close enough of that gap now that at the last leg of the series, um, they are within reach of, of winning even or, or getting into a podium position that they couldn't have done before. So, uh, yeah, I think some athletes are going to lose money over this in the long run. Um, I think some athletes will gain money uh, through no kind of actions of their own. It's just the way things have worked out. It is a lot of money, um, and it is, again, an unfortunate incident um, but again, I, I, I just I think it's one of those things. Um, I think everybody could learn from something like this, uh, so it's probably not worth forgetting it. But it is important that because nothing can happen now, there is really nothing they can do to solve this problem. The important thing is that people have to just kind of try and shake it off and move on.
1: Mm, have they? Have they all accepted the decision now that that disqualification has been upheld?
0: We're not certain because there are other routes that they can take. They are able to appeal this decision, but they have to go through higher channels. So they have to approach Athletic South Africa. That would be a very long process if anybody does that. Um, nobody has said that they're going to, but it's possible. We we would have to wait and see if that happens. Usually, um, even, even once it's taken to a higher level they kind of tend to stick with the decision that was made by the referees who were there on the day and sometimes things can be overturned but it really doesn't happen often but at this point we're we're not certain if anybody's going to take it any further.
1: Okay great stuff. Wesley. thank you very much uh, for joining us and for keeping us updated on social media. A lot of people uh, were following your tweets yesterday. Thanks. That was that's Wesley uh, Borton, their chief sports reporter at the Citizen newspaper. You can follow him at Wes Bortin, W-E-S-B-O-T-T-O. And he was there and he was tweeting live. We we're hoping to speak to one of the athletes affected, but it looks like she's still in training. So we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk to Bidvest Vets coach Gavin Hunt.
0: Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM
2: 105.9 FM in Port Elizabeth.
1: And if you are in Port Elizabeth, there was a big story today. Uh, the Southern Kings could be under new ownership. It was announced that a pre- predominantly blacked-owned consortium is buying the Southern Kings. Um, and they've also got a new sponsor in Isuzu uh, Motors. And that decision needs to be uh, approved uh, by Saru's executive committee. So there could be a new dawn, a new era uh, of rugby for the people of the Eastern Cape. And we, I'm um, sure, you certainly hope that everything goes well as far as that deal is concerned, because it is the sleeping giant of South African rugby make no mistake about it and there's a lot of talent in that region and hopefully uh, these guys will make it work and um, there's also an sms from jack and albertine who says where was the leading bike route referees route marshals this is ridiculous this route should um this route should be rerun to be fair even major races like new york berlin london paris have marshals all the way the conspiracy theorist in me tells me that this was a setup Ha! Come on, uh, they wanted Yvette Fancel to win the race, but she also came out and she said she's not happy to win the race the way that she won it. Um, uh, Jack, to be fair, but I, 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 I do understand. I, I, do think that it's things like this should not should not. Uh, uh, happened you know and a lot of people believe that it could have been avoided but let's switch our focus to football and now it's been an interesting start uh to the new season an exciting start also depending on which side of the fence you are on and Bidvest West coach Kevin Hunt now joins us on the line just to talk about the first few games and what the expectations are for the 2018-2019 uh, campaign coach good evening and thank you very much for joining us on an uh, SAFM we appreciate your time
4: no problem, man, no problem. are no, you? Okay. I'm
1: fine, coach. Almost a perfect start there with that three in three, but you must be disappointed with the defeat against Supersport United. What went wrong there, in your opinion, on Saturday night?
4: Yeah, especially going, uh, playing the away games we played, back-to-back away games, and then come home and you, you know, expected a better result. But, um, you know, you got to give Supersport credit. They uh, pressed their work. They got to the rubber the green, you know, and um, they got to... The, The only chance they really had, and well, it wasn't even a chance, ricocheted and they scored, and it's football for you, you know. But they, you know, they they certainly wanted a little bit, I think, more than us. And um, we scored a goal, disallowed, you know, so those type of things don't go for you, um, you know, so it ends up a bad evening, you know. I was really disappointed, but we just have to keep moving, you know.
1: But despite the first three wins on the trot, coach, you've been consistently saying that you're not playing that well, especially compared to last season where you were not picking up points. Why is that?
4: Well, you play badly. Um, but, you know, you, you, you're you always expecting you, you want to raise a bar, you want to play a bit better. You're looking for, you know, lots of improvement. Um, I mean, at times we play okay. I mean, obviously, at times you are not creating enough opportunities. I mean, all football-related stuff, so I don't want to get into all that. But certainly we can play better. Um, but uh, there's there's a good togetherness, and that's important know, for a team. A new team, a lot of new players. So, you know, we're starting, you know, trying to put uh, things into place and talk ball from here for the next couple of years, that's for sure. You know?
1: But does it matter now how you are playing or is it the points on the board that, that matter at this stage?
4: Well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people talk that, you know, uh, about football, but how many people know about football? So we, we know that, you know, we've created chances, we haven't... You you know, you're not going to score all the time, but you certainly create enough chances, um, and we've limited the opposition to, you know, chances against us, which has been better. So that's been something that we need to, we try to work on from last season. It's all, you know, football's ongoing. Thing. Every day, it's a, uh, it's ongoing thing, you know. So we keep working hard and, and trying to put, as I said, put structures in place and situations in place with the new players and the old players, you know.
1: Talking about last season, did you ever think that your job was in jeopardy?
4: Uh, we're only one game away from losing your job, um, you know. But I mean, the owners know, and you know where we've come from and where you know where we where we're going. Um, you know, last season, yes, yeah, certainly wasn't good. We won a trophy, you know. We sold players for money, you know. What, you know, people don't, you know, people in the, in the street don't appreciate that. Uh, when clubs do good business and keep a club afloat and win trophies, and 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 and. You know, things go like that. So, um, you know, we, they understood what was going down. and um, So, yeah, we got ourselves out of it. And at the end of the day, it wasn't a good season, but certainly we won a trophy and sold two, three players.
1: And you almost made top eight again, uh, even after that well, we must Well,
4: yeah, we missed it out the last day. I mean, it's crazy. It's how bad it was, you know. I mean, it's a, the, the league was so close last year. Um, you know, top eight, I mean, it's normally 40 points, 40 points, I think, and third or fourth last year. Yeah. So, you know, we should have made the top eight with a, with a victory on the last day, and we lost
1: was there any pressure on, on the team because you were defending for the first time uh, last season? And I'm just trying to find out what lessons did you take from from last season.
4: Well, the lesson is that, you know, I always say, you know, in football, it's a funny thing in football. When you're winning, you need to uh, move players on. Um, people don't understand it. People will never understand it. But you've got to do it. I mean, i mean, I did it all my life in Super Sport. All the teams I've been with, even the Swallows, Seven Stars, you know, we had successful teams and we moved players on. And we were still successful because you retain the hunger and you bring people in. And so that's what we didn't do last year. I think a lot of players, you know, sort of there was a, it was a lull around the place. And uh, once you start losing, we lost, I mean, we lost three, four games, one-nil, one-nil, one-nil at the beginning. And that doesn't help you, you know. So uh, you lose a little bit of confidence here and there. And, and so you go. So it was, it was a very bad start last year. Um, but that's all gone.
1: But having said that, coach, you were also accused of bringing in too many players last season. Some were saying you're dismantling yeah, a title winning team. <laughs> do, you, do you think that criticism was justified?
4: No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. We didn't bring enough in. <laughs> if that, if anything, that's the case, we should have brought a whole new team in. That's what we should have done last year. <laughs> and so it's gone.
1: Well, well, Stephen Pinar came on board amid amid much fanfare. I mean, what went wrong there? Because he's gone on, on on radio saying that he was disappointed by the lack of professionalism at Vets. But from where you from from your where you are, where, what went wrong with him?
4: I don't really want to comment. Just the comment you made. You've commented about it. This can be all out to lose. No, I don't even want to comment about it. I don't want to comment about him at all. At all. Mm. You know?
1: Were you disappointed by the return on the field that he gave you?
4: Very disappointed. Very disappointed. But that's how football works and um, that's, that's, it's gone and it's history.
1: And you still believe he had, he had more to offer or he had enough to offer uh, last season?
4: I don't really want to get into that. I don't want to say anything I shouldn't say at the moment. So Let him talk. It's fine.
1: Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> you didn't stop making, any, making the signings and you've brought in a few new players this season. Is it different quality from last season or are you plugging different gaps this time around?
4: I think we've got some very good young players. Some players who are hungry to win. Some players have never won a thing in their lives um, and that was is, is the best to bring in players that never won much and they got desire and they want to learn and they want to improve and, and I think that's important. you know. And I think we've, uh, we've got a few. I mean, we've only played three, four games. It's a long, long way to go and a lot will still be deciphered how, how good we are or where we got but certainly there's been a huge improvement in pre-season. We saw it. And a huge improvement in attitude and desire and those are all things that... Um, you know, um, we certainly need a football team.
1: You've been raving about this, uh, Hashim Dom- D- Domingo. A lot of people, some are saying you're exaggerating. Uh, I know you said a few, th- few nice things about... Well, if he
4: was playing, if he was playing for certain teams, he wouldn't be exaggerating, would you? That's how it works in South Africa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, if he was playing for certain teams, and everybody would be seeing his prices. Look, he's a boy that... Uh, you know, certainly, um, if you look at the, 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 I'm not talking about the national team, I'm talking about the the, the, the younger teams, the, the the small Olympic teams and all that, you know, he should have certainly been in the mix there, I think. It's only my opinion. Opinion means, you know, nothing. Um, he's a boy that's obviously been away. He was a very good young prospect and he's got sleuth, a great future here today. You know?
1: mm. and, and the likes of Nkolesi M- Makupu, I mean a journeyman, man, but you seem uh, to, to be getting the best out of him. What are you expecting from him?
0: Yeah,
4: well, he's got to change his role a little bit. I saw that, you know, we played against him about two years ago, three years ago, uh, Cosmos, and I liked him from that day, you know, uh, in the net bank cup, and I said, look, I mean, there's a boy who we'll just keep an eye on you, not the younger, but, you know, in South Africa, that's what happens to a lot of players. They, they 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 sort of blossom at much older because they don't have them, they haven't had really good development and, and those type of things. So he's a boy that I think can do a job for a specific reason, the way you want to play or what you want to try and do. And, I've, and he's done great. You know, obviously... We need to get the goal-scored uh, column a little bit higher, um, and that's about it. But certainly he's got all the attributes you know, for, for a particular role in a particular games and things like that.
1: And a guy like Gif Mutupa, I know when you signed him, you said he's an exciting player, but you want to see how he fits in. He scored some goals last season for, for Baroque. Are you happy with what you've we've seen so far?
4: Yeah, change him as well, changed his role as well. I've also watched him for some time, change his role completely. Way to what he's been doing, we've changed him up a little bit and made him play in a different area and you know, his biggest thing is obviously um games. He needs games. But intelligence, strength, power, uh, ability, he can shoot, you know, South African players are really certainly lacking there. And he's one of the guys I can I've never I've never seen a boy strike a ball like this for a long, long time. Um, so he's got all the attributes to, to, to do well for us this season. I mean it's only two games, three games in, you know.
1: Mm. And, and Robin Johannes was a surprise move from Cape Town City. He'd been their captain. He'd been solid there. What's the thought process of bringing in guys like that and, and an experienced campaigner also in Vujo Meric?
4: Well, for me, uh, he, the last two two seasons he's been player of the year for Cape Town City. There's no doubt about it. Um, for me, in South Africa, he's the best pass of the ball out the back. You know, you can change. You can pass the ball out the back with him. You can play out the back. He's the best I've in South Africa. I don't think anybody better than him. Um, and he's a, he's a leader. He, you know, he's, he's commanding. He's, he's got experience, and and I think he's added huge value already to our team. In a, in a couple of weeks, he's been here, and I
1: think he'll get better. You know. Mm. And and where do you think you still need reinforcement, reinfo- Coach Gavin? Well, you know, if you get long-term injuries, which is a bit unfortunate in certain
4: areas, then you can have a you know we're a little bit lacking. Certainly, you know, because of the class and situation, long-term and and Scott now. So, you know, we're possibly going to need something just to give us, help us in for a couple of months, you know. But it's very really difficult to find somebody that's better than what you got. Otherwise, I'm going to be looking in the academy again. I'll take, I've got these two, three boys at one under 18 engine now. Um, mm. You know, as I, as I do every year, i always bring one or two in. And like I did with Shungasis and all these boys, you know, you, you move them in and, uh, you know, we give them a chance. Mm,
1: I've seen some of those boys. I was actually at the recent engine tournament. But you lost one of them to sundown, Shungi Duturo, who was on fire for the youth teams. What happened there?
4: Uh, I don't know the ins and outs and the politics too much, but
1: you know
0: the the
4: what do you call those things, the buffaloes they, they rule a bit sometimes here and there, you know what I mean? So <laughs> you know, so uh, I think I, I, financially possibly. You know. Mm. I don't want to get in too much into it. Mm.
1: And just talk to us about Simon Murray, coach. Um is he another James Keane? What does he bring? What do you see in him?
4: Well, To get anything anywhere is very, very difficult to get players for, you know, uh, budget reasons and things like that. So it was an opportunity to get him, you know, it came up out of nowhere. Um, You know, he was playing in the Scottish Premier League, which is certainly a decent league. Obviously watched him a lot, a few times. And, and, you know, we thought, look, you know, he's he's totally different to what we got. So I think that's important. I think he needs a little bit of time to... What's the word climatize or, uh, you know, familiarise himself with how the game is played here, you know, because it's very different here. You make runs and the ball don't come and then, you you know, you're supposed to run and, you know, all these type of things. So you've got to get a little bit of te- telepathic understanding. Um, so I've been very, um, what's the word, slowly in, uh, slow with him and, you know, it seems done okay. So, um, you know, you'll certainly come to the fore and there's lots of games coming up now soon.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's the selling point for guys like Simon Murray And guys like James Keane Because we always hear that our PSL is not that great And here's a guy that came uh, from Hibs and is, uh, and, and, and is come to play for, for Bidvis Vets I mean, how do you convince a guy to come to come here?
4: Well, it's like in, you know, in my day in the, Well, not the 70s, more 80s <laughs> You know, in the 70s we had huge, huge players coming out of this country Big players, World Cup winners Played here in our league, in our local league I mean, there's World Cup winners, I mean, you know, played here and um, a lot of them come for uh, what's the word, change of adventure, change of scenery, uh, you know. And, and South Africa is a, is a, is a country, is, is a beautiful country, you know. And people see a new, I mean, they're all stuck up in the snow and the rain, and the, you know, all day and every day. So they want to come for a new adventure and, and they're certainly settle. I mean, you know how many players and people have settled here from coming to play here, you know. Mm. I mean, I know somebody that came for a weekend exhibition game in 1974 in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. Every came for a weekend. And it's still here. Came for a weekend. <laughs> yeah, weekend. <laughs> yeah. The exhibition game in Durban. <laughs> and he's still there.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, coach, on, 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 on that note, I mean, just talk to us about the decision to let go guys like uh, like Ben, like Vincent Pule and Pumlani in Changas. I know they played a big part in your title winning team.
4: Finance, money, you know? Um, that's, what, that's the name of the game and you know you take the boys like them that came in earning no money to us earning okay money now they're earning a fortune in their lives and let's give them and they've got opportunity for the next 3-4 years to earn big money at parts, money that we can't pay them and they, they you know they should go down their hands and even thank me <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we sold them, and our club, you know, obviously financially needs a little bit of finance to to, to finance our club as well. So that's a business. Football, you know, people, yes, as much as we want to win, but we also want to, you know, uh, uh, it's it's about rotating and moving, and, and that that's
1: the way football works. Is it because you can't compete financially, or it's not the business model of your club, coach?
4: Well, you can't compete financially with uh, with clubs. You can't. I mean, it's it's like any, it's all over the world now. You've got certain clubs in every league. But you can't compete with financially, so you've got to be box clever, and we've got to do what we have to do. bring in the youth, look for out of out of contract players. So, you know, a lot of our players, most of the players, are all out of contract players, and we've got to try and, you know, you know, wheel and deal and do the best we can for the club, not just strain the finances because we don't have a bottomless pit. We've got a budget that we work by, and we have to stick to it. And, you know, if you go over budget, you to yourself. That's the way it is. So as we've done, we've sold every year, um, and we will continue doing it.
1: And I guess winning 10 million for a league title is just not enough, eh? Well, that
4: 10 million million's gone in the first week. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but, you know, you've got to have a business model and a plan. You can't be a bottomless split. we're I mean, a club that very very work on a strict budget, and that's the way it's got to be. And I, I understand that as a football coach. I also want to be in a situation where I can say I want him and him and him and buy the best players in the league, but I can't do that. We've got to do it within our constraints of what we do, and we look at our youth. And you know, under 17s have won the engine now, and the 18s have won the engine now. So there's good, there's good, there's good quality
1: opportunities for.
4: And that's why players like we've had to let me let go players like Ben and Cola and Pule because we've got younger ones coming through. Yep.
1: Cool. For those who've just joined us, we are talking to Vets coach Kevin Hunt just about the start to the season and expectations for the rest of the campaign. You can call us on 0891104207. Our SMS line is 40938.
0: <laughs> Call Tabison now, 0891 104
1: 207. We're still talking to Beatrice Vets coach Gavin Hunt. Coach, what's the target then this season? I can imagine you expected to win the title because you've done it before, but at the same time, you're probably just trying to get to 30 points.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else. You know? <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, one thing you must never do in football is get too far ahead of yourself, you know. I mean, we had an unbelievable start, three games, two away games like that against two big clubs and with two results. And then you expect, to, you know, everybody expects to win at home and it doesn't happen. So you can never get ahead of yourself. You, don't, you never know what's around the corner, good or bad. As long as you're working on a daily basis and, you, and you, you know, and, and you're diligent in what you're doing and your preparation is good. And, um, you know, that's all you can do in football. You can't get too ahead of yourself.
1: We spoke to Coach Pizza a couple of weeks ago about about Sundowns, obviously, and he was saying that you're one of the teams to watch out for because you'll be resting a lot, no m 10 no not Kev for you. Is that an advantage?
4: Yeah, you, know, you can look at it like that. Obviously, I mean their program is unbelievable. What they've gone through, you know, but they got the squad to do it, uh, and they've done unbelievably well, um, uh, with Sundowns in it. So we don't, you know, we don't have that squad. Um, so yes, in in one way, in, in, but me as a coach me I'd like to play three games a week if I could <laughs> you know I'm, I'm a little bit different to uh, me I keep playing obviously the only thing that gets you down like with Pittsburgh struggle Struggle is the travelling I mean it's crazy they, I think they went to Casablanca now they're down to Cape Town this weekend and back again so it's tough tough for them but they do have a, certainly a, a squad that they can use um, and um, you know a club like that obviously every competition they play in they, they're under pressure to win it because of you know who they are and rightly so you know
1: so are you expecting much more from your team because you, you won't be as hectic as, as the you other know, teams? Look, I mean,
4: yes and no. I mean, you know, we, as I said, we're a new team. I've, we've got a lot of players left. Built a new team. You've got, you know, a lot of new players. Um, and, and, and you know, you, you don't want to get too excited and you don't want to get too down when you lose. But you've got to see where the problems are and you've got to try and fix it slowly day by day I mean every day there's something creeping up that we need to the understanding of, of what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it you know they, they all come from different clubs and they've been different coaches so you know we try and put them into the model of, of what we know that suits them best you know
1: I know you're numbers man and a lot of people got this from you when you used to work out how many points are going to win the league <laughs> <laughs> what's going to win the league this season the story stuck for the last since 20 years ago it <laughs> it's unbelievable so I'm sure you've done uh, your maths already because yeah, people are expecting you the same People are expecting you to give them the numbers. What's going to win the league this season, Definitely. Kevin
4: Hand? I've been pretty good over the last 25 years. <laughs> 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 I get it wrong down the game, and Sundown's got 70 odd teams. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I mean, you never know. You listen. I mean, you just this PSL is a difficult league. I always, I, you know, I tell everybody, if you're a betting man, never bet on the home team in a PSL. Always bet on the away team. It's crazy. It's crazy. The away teams, you get so many good away results here. Yeah, and then the home team struggle. And, so it's a very difficult week. Very difficult league, you know? uh, the, because the quality is, is, is very similar. Besides one or two clubs are better, you know, uh, but the rest is very similar. Very similar.
1: Is is it a bad thing uh, or a good thing that this league is so unpredictable? Uh, because some are saying, "No, it was better when there was the big three and we knew who was going to win the title." Now we don't know who's going to beat who every weekend.
4: Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd, people say, "Oh, it's a good thing that there's more clubs." No, I think it's a bad thing. I think the clubs that I mean, you should be judged on what you spend. That's my that's my philosophy. So whoever spends the most should win the league. That's how it's like. And you'll see it all over the world. Your Man City's in the English League, Bayern Munich in Germany, uh, Real Madrid in, you know, and every league around the world, PSG, they win the leagues because their budgets are the biggest, because they buy the best players. And that's the way it should be. So there we go. <laughs> a little bit different,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's go to the Lions. We've got somebody who really admires your coaching style, and they want to talk to you. To me, mm-hmm. in Northern's, uh, I'm not sure where Northern is, but good evening. Good evening. Good How good.
2: are you guys?
1: Fine, thanks. Are to you? me, are you?
2: I'm good. Yeah, what have you So what you have there is one of our uh, living legends to date. I'm a Kaiser okay. Chiefs fan, by the way, but uh, I've been admiring Coach Givenan since the days of Heleni. Yeah,
1: Chiefs. Oh, you're yeah. showing your age, right, to me? Sorry. You're showing your age, <laughs> but go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, since since Hellenic seven up, I think it was their brand then. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the yeah, yeah, the uh, the academy they had, they were producing great stars also. I mean, from from where I'm sitting, it's been my desire for the coach to coach the Chiefs. So I just wanted to know from the coach,
1: uh,
2: has Chiefs ever approached him to coach the team or haven't been that far yet. <laughs> Oh. So that's my desire.
1: <laughs> Loud and clear, Coach Gavin, Have you been approached before?
4: No, no, no. Never been approached. No, that's the truth. No, never been approached.
1: And is it a kind of club where you think you can fit in?
4: I, you know, those, those. You know, I think, I think with football uh, management or coaching, whatever you want to call it, or you know, I think it's, it's a lot of things. Is timing. You know, you'll find people. You know, get jobs, and and I think it's timing. You know. I mean, you look at this. We had, I mean, in, in this country, we had so many op- opportunities. We think, now, oh, Chiefs, how did that guy get that job? I'm not talking about Chiefs. I'm talking about any club. And you think, well, he was pretty much any guy around at the time, or something. You know what I'm saying? You no. know. So, I think it's about timing, the right place, right time. And uh, um I mean, a, for me, you know, growing up as a young boy and playing, I mean, Chiefs was an uh, the, I mean, fantastic football club, and they've created so much good history in South Africa, and they. they you know, you've got to commend, uh, Brock Kaiser and what he's done there and his family and all the daughters and it's other fantastic football club. And obviously they're going a bit of a slump the last couple of years, but you can't dominate all the time. I mean, people talk about Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona have only come to the fore in the last few years where they've been, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, before that, AC Milan's and they were, AC Milan was the greatest team ever in the 80. They won all the Champions League where they now. You know what i mean? So you, you goes, you know, you goes in tops and flows and, um, and these things happen in football.
1: Well, um, for Tumi there, I can tell you as uh, somebody who's been watching football since the Hellenic days, they could be back because they are under seventeens actually won that engine knockout challenge in the Western Cape. So uh, there's yeah, something good yeah, that's being done uh, there.
4: Uh, you know, and uh, you know the guy I played with all my life, uh, Budgie's son Mark, is running a great academy there Mark. And you know, we all came through the youth development. I came through there. We had a great youth development. I mean, uh, in my time, they won the national Colts League under nineteens, and mm. most of those players came through. All of us came through, Mark, myself, the other brother, David, we all came through the youth development, you know. And, um, you know, that, but that's what football's all about. We need to look after the youth in our country. If we don't, no youth, no future. You've got to look after the youth, you know, and you've got to get them well-trained, properly trained, and, and you'll get more players coming through instead of dipping into market and buying players at 26, 27, you know.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope they can build from that because those under-17s. So I've put them back um, in the yeah. news. We'll wrap up with Coach yeah. Kevin after this quick break. <laughs> SAFM radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, we're wrapping up with Gavin Hunt now. We have seven minutes left. Uh, let's take uh, uh, KGM in Cape Town. Thank you very much for holding KGM.
2: Tabiso, good evening, and good evening to, to Gavin. Uh, Hello. Hello, Gavin, Namaste. Uh, one of the uh, one of the astute, I think, underrated coaches, uh, Tabiso, uh, of our country. My, my two two sense of uh, words and question to, get to Gavin is this. Uh, Gavin, I, I need a team to beat, according to you, this season, and I need a coach to to beat. They technical semantics, but I need you to separate the two and and give us the reasons why. And and the other one is our national team. Obviously, every national team is molded from from the league, from the local players and and the foreign based players. But what wh- what is it that Gavin can can say is is lacking? To be as a Lexler team that we've seen going down since '96.
1: Okay, okay. Thanks, KGM. Coach, team to beat this season? In the league? Yeah.
4: I thought, you know, you, gotta, you, you can't look past Sundance. I think they got the quality, they got the Noah, pitcher got the Noah, you know, they can juggle, they can. You know, uh, as long as they get, if they get a little bit of time in between games, and you know, and have uh, still got to be the team to beat. And there, there's no doubt about it. They, they, they got, you know, they've certainly got a very good crop of players. Um, the rest of us, you know, it all, all depends. We need a little bit of, we need a little bit of luck here and there, and we need to, you know, pe- to peak at the right time and get a few good results here and there. So, I still think they're the team to beat. Yeah.
1: He also wants to know which will be the coach to beat. He says these are two different questions. A coach to beat. Yeah.
4: What do you mean? Well, I was to, to talk team first. Don't worry about the coaches. People worry too much about the coaches.
1: I would say some as I said, sometimes, you know, they certainly team mm. to beat. You know, and Bafano, what's missing coach? You know, I, there's no doubt and, and,
4: and this is where people mustn't there's no doubt I think we've got a very, very good coach. I think Stuart is a very good coach, very really astute, been around, a lot of experience. Uh he knows you he know he's been here some time. So we got the right man. Don't don't even go there. I think the biggest problem we have is, you know, and people always criticize me for this. If you look at the size of South African people, are getting smaller and smaller by the, by the year. I don't know what it is. I think the food we're eating or something. I don't know. <laughs> I could look at our national team. I mean, we are really a small, small nation. If you compare our team to 96, you, I'd love to put a team in 96 and put, a, put the team now and put them and So that power, that pace, that, uh, uh, that type of thing is certainly lacking. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at guys like Doctor and, and Linda and and Bart. These guys are big men, fish and yeah. uh, Lucas. They were huge, you know, and their power and they could play. Um, you know, and, and I think it's certainly we, we lack a little bit of power in our game. I think we're very one-dimensional in our game, and I think that's something that uh, I think uh, Stuart and and has a problem, especially if you go away from home. You know, it's very difficult. We so don't have a tower anymore to, to win games. We have to play our way, which is obviously a, a way of playing which is okay and it's all very nice on the eye. But you know, is it results-driven football? And can you get results by not playing too well? By being a little bit uh, lower risk, and, and you could do that with that old team. And they could play. I mean, the doctors and, and and shoes and they could play when you needed the bit to have a little bit of magic, you know. Yeah. So I think I think that's what our game is like, and I think. Uh, you know, we've got to look at our players from younger ages. He might not be the most technically gifted player, but he's certainly got a little bit of power in the spine of the team. You know, we need a little bit more there. Uh, in all, you know any if he could play a little bit, well, so be it. You know, but I certainly feel we could we could get a few more results by by, by looking at uh, you know along those lines.
1: Well, even the guys up front with big boys, uh, Sean Bartlett and Big Phil Masinga and all. The so, rec- I <laughs> and mean, all
4: you that. You, go, you go through their team. I mean. Yeah from, from that 96 team. I mean, of course, that's where we got to compare ourselves. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, give me a final, please. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could mix it. We could play when we had to play and we could, we could mix it. Then we go to Congo and, and the ball's in the air and it's, Bobbling and dancing, and there's a fight, and it's a second ball game. We could do that, and we could come back to FNB and play. Yeah. Like, we told Ghana 3-0, I mean, they yeah. never touched the ball. Do you understand? <laughs> so, we played Brazil here, yeah, and in, in those days, we played all those big nations. Brazil, like Germany, China, Holland. Remember yeah. I mean, we used to go and you know, it was fantastic, you know, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the middle 90s. And we, you know, we certainly played bigger nations, and, and because maybe our ranking was better and all those things, but we certainly, uh, uh, and, and, and Stuart has got my full support full be, fully behind him and you know and uh, we will try and do the best we can with in our local game you know.
1: okay, we'll end with this call from patrick and p e patrick thanks for calling
2: uh good 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 evening to and good evening to the to the coach I think let me show straight I have two questions for the coach uh maybe partly it's was touching on it when really you talk about the player uh what um how do we feel about the ambition of the players that we have? Uh, in terms of, you see, for example, they would play one season and they would come back missing home and other things. And also, then uh, one good game, they think that they are a star. You know, what is missing? And also, um, I mean, the lack of white players. I mean, the guy was spot on. We had Helen, you know, we had Verts. Um yep. and there's a lot. You had the Bain brothers, I think, they were playing Helen. They went to Mikawa Warriors, the P Blackpools. I mean, we had lots of white players. And that time, because three... Uh, it was before uh, 1994, and now we are in the so-called uh, freedom era. But we, we actually even had had, had
1: Kevin Moody in studio asking about the lack of white players. Coach, Kevin, is it a concern that there's a lack of white players coming through the system? You know, I think we should move on from past what colour, you know. I mean, if it's white, then he's good enough. I mean, we
4: just sold a boy now, a boy a centre-back, Bradley Cross, 17 years old. Mm. He's gone to Schalke in Germany. In Germany. He's under 17, he's playing the under 19. They just won the under 19. They beat AC Milan. They beat Barcelona. He's playing. He played in every single game. He's a white boy. he's Fantastic, mm. unbelievable. I don't care. If he's white, black. You know uh, what color? We, if you are. But certainly, we need all. We need all. We need everybody to be playing the game. We need more numbers to choose from. I think a lot of a lot of other things going on in, in, in South Africa now. There's basketball and it's this and it's that and. You know, a lot of them are to play rugby and, and we, we, we're losing players. We're losing, there's no doubt the pool, there's certainly people talk, there's so many, yeah, show me, you know. Um, but mm. We're losing, we're losing that certainly a lot, a lot of players and it whatever color. I mean, I always, you know, I go back to that famous story in 1976, you know, uh, when we, which was unbelievable when we beat the Argentina 5-0 at that stadium. Ah, what a team. And that was a totally mixed team, fantastic football team, mm. you know. And played the, the pace, power, unbelievable skill with, you know, Jomo's and Ace and everybody. I yeah. mean, unbelievable, you know.
1: Finally, MDC, is it a proper development league for you as far as you're concerned?
4: It's a, I think, it, the, I think that the, the whole project is a fantastic project. I think it needs to be maybe a little bit more uh, playing for a little bit more in terms of maybe even a relegation. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. So there's a little bit more uh, meaning in meaning, meaning the thing. And I think. My opinion is the age needs to, is, you know, if, it's a difficult situation because I, I I didn't really know what, though. If it's like a reserve league, then you can play anybody, but I think the age is something that you need to, we play younger boys there, you know. Mm. We play all our 17, 16, 18 year olds. You know, I don't want, we don't want too many 19, 20 year olds, you know. They should be playing the first team or they should be moved out.
1: Okay, great stuff. We're out of time. Coach Kevin, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. Lots of people have enjoyed the interview.
4: No, thanks, man. All the best.
1: The thanks, okay, coach. All the best to you two for the rest of the season. Still early days, but they're looking very good. Bidvest Vets winning three of their four matches so far, while Steve Compella has won all three of his matches without conceding a goal at Bloemfontein uh, Celtic. So it should be it's an exciting season ahead for all of us. That's it. Uh, thank you to Loyola. Thank you to Khadebe and thank you to Obaba. Lua. Up next, Mr Ashraf Gada with The Viewpoint. A big hitter. Nomasonto Mazibugo, Commissioner at the Gender Commission. There'll be more sport in the morning with Zai. Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Hortus between 6 and 9. I am Tabiso Mosia News is up next.